This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Ashley Reffitt, and I serve as the Women's Leadership and Discipleship Consultant here with NC Baptist. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for joining us as we're on mission together. Well, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we want to spend some time today with a few of our NC Baptist pastor's wives. The call to ministry is not just a call on your pastor or church staff members. Um, Ministry is a call for the whole family, whether you like it or not. Um, And so we are all called to be disciple-making disciples. As we live that out on mission together, um, we are the body of Christ, and our pastors may be the head or maybe the the mouth of the church, but uh, their family is the heart um, and the hands and the feet and so much more. And so we're on mission together. I'm excited to introduce you today to some of our amazing um, ladies across NC Baptist, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you all. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my name is Kimberly Marita, and I'm married to Tony, or I should say he's married to me. And uh, we planted Imago Day Church in North Raleigh about 12 years ago. And we have five young adult children now and three grandbabies. Great. Uh, my name is Tabitha Frost, and I'm married to Brian. He's the pastor at Providence Church in Raleigh. And we've actually been at the church for 26 years now, but he's only moved into the senior pastor position um, about eight years ago, we have three boys who all grew up at the church and are now in their 20s. And I'm excited to be with y'all today. I love it. I'm Veronica Greer, and I'm married to J.D. Greer at the Summit Church. And let's see, I guess we started 21 years ago. So mm-hmm. it seems, when I say it out loud, it seems like a long time. But in real time, it doesn't seem like that long. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, we're excited to have you all with us today and grateful for the ways you disciple others. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the importance of the body of Christ, um, living out our part of the body because we all have one. And so let's just start with that. What is your part in the body of Christ as the pastor's family, your part as the pastor's wife and your kids, um, the whole fishbowl and the glass house and all the things? Um, How can we honor your family in this? It's interesting how um, when I think about over... You know, so my oldest child is 20. So we've been at Summit for a little over 21. So she's kind of grown up with the church. And we were also on staff part-time before that when it was Homestead Heights Baptist. And so anyway, but when I think back over it, um, you know, there is an aspect of the whole family, you know, whether they picked it or not, is very much um, involved in it, mm-hmm. whether they were called to it or not. But, you know, that, that is where the Lord has had them for um, for His purposes. And so um, I would have to say that it does feel like asking, uh, Tabitha, I think you said, um, realistic expectations, trying to really check your expectations of what you might have for your people on staff and their families. And yeah. um, just because you're teaching something does not mean that, you're, that your whole family has mastered it. So that's that's probably what I would start with. Yeah. When I was talking about that, I thought um, when I think what the church 
needs to know about our families is to have those realistic expectations because we are trying. We want to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. We want to uh, be a good example, but we are so works in progress and we are going to fail and we are going to make mistakes and we want the church to have grace for us, just like we are trying to have grace for the other families in our church and especially for our kids Mm -hmm. because, like you said, they did not choose this life, but they are in the middle of the fishbowl swimming around and everyone Mm -hmm. has opinions yeah. about um you have a story for that don't you <laughs> i do have a story for that actually uh one of my boys was in high school he played on the church basketball league and i'll tell you that sports evangelism is actually really a difficult ministry because you really have to have control of your emotions if you're going to go into sports evangelism my son had not grown necessarily in that area and so as he takes a kid out i'm sitting at the stands and the ladies in front of me look at each and says, I think that's the pastor's child. And I put my head in between them and I said, he is and he's still a work in progress. Please be patient with him. It's such a reminder that you just cannot judge us because we are not finished. The Lord is still working on us and it's going to keep working us until heaven. So thank God for that. He's working on all of us. Amen. I um, have a book that I would recommend by Barnabas Piper called The Pastor's Kid. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I had actually someone who works with our students at our church tell me how he read that and it completely impacted the way he interacted with our kids afterwards and in the book Barnabas talks about you know his dad is John Piper Hmm. and he talks about um, after interviewing several other pastors kids you know what was good what was challenging um, keeping those things in mind and that's just important to keep in mind these children our children they didn't choose this and they may not even believe right. this and so um, he talks about children our children sometimes can be the most known mm-hmm. because of who they are by relation but the least known in the church and so the burden of expectations on them just can be crushing so I would just affirm that we need to be mindful to, to love our kids and love one another's kids and honor one another in that as well as we try to love them towards Christ and and leave a lot of room for grace. That Just have a lot of grace for our child that may be tackling your child for the basketball. Um, yes. You know, the competitive side of me is like, get it, but you may <laughs> yes. not appreciate that. <laughs> like, uh, get the ball, not the kid. Get the ball. Go for the ball. Well, I also think that, um, you know, I— so I knew that I was I, I knew I was wanted to be in ministry after I got saved. That was something that had been decided. I didn't know what form it was going to take, but being in ministry was something I felt called to. So, like I said already, your children don't ever get that pick. You know, they're they're here and they're going to have to deal with it as it comes, and um, for good and bad. Like there are um, my kids do recognize that there is good and bad, and I like to hear when they say the good things because there are good things about being in ministry. And so that's always like a real gift to me, even I think mm-hmm. the Lord gives me. But there are some downsides too. And um, I think sometimes depending on the kids' wiring, if we're talking about specifically them, um, it can just their their makeup, it can be harder for some kids than others. And, you know, I've had, I, have, I have four kids, and, and I've seen that, right? It's a different experience for each of them. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I've seen, and it's I've seen people even make something like a joking reference, like, "Well, I mean, I know you know that because you know JD's your dad or something," and that's totally okay for one of them, and not absolutely okay. not okay for another of them. And so, almost just trying to be aware that, and that person didn't mean anything by that. That they were, it was a, they were joking around, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen it like firsthand. They had no idea they weren't trying to be weird mean 
anything. And it just hit my kid and like she stored every one of those away mm-hmm. in her heart, right? Like it's just been tucked. And so um, one of my kids, again, this kind of situation, um, there was a like a bake-off in, in the student ministry and she was pretty young and in student ministry. And um, she ended up, I mean, people voted on it anonymously and she ended up winning. And the um, the student pastor made some reference to the fact, well, of course you won. Pastor's kid has to win. You know, that was rigged. Absolutely given, like just teasing. Just this is not anything serious. And I've heard that story from her like mm. multiple times. Like, mm. it, like you know, because first of all, she's competitive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like just being aware that the kids are taking things sometimes maybe in a way that you didn't mean. And you can't bear all those burdens. Mm-mm. That is actually the Lord is like, right, working in each of their lives right. with all those things. But just the awareness could help. It could help. Mm-hmm. When my boys were young teenagers, actually not so young teenagers, because when they started to date and it didn't matter where they went, somebody was at that restaurant and I would hear about it. And in talking to my boys about it, I said, well, what a great opportunity you have for accountability. So I think sometimes for us, we also need to help them see it as a good thing to never run from accountability. But I think Uh when I hear about that, I'm also reminded that the people that speak without thinking Mm -hmm. also need to receive grace from me, but also Mm -hmm. may need to have a word of encouragement given. We're Iron sharpens iron. Maybe not quite as sharp sometimes as other times, but I've. That's so good. On both sides, right? Yeah. Yeah. Both sides. This question, um, going back to your original question about what role does the pastor's family play in the body? These past, gosh, three years or so have just been some of the most difficult years for us. And so we have often said, um, my husband said it last Sunday. It has been a privilege to just be a member of the body mm-hmm. and not just seen and held up as the pastor. So, in other words, we have struggles. Our kids have struggles. We have struggles. We can't tweet it all, you mm-hmm. know, or should we? But um, the privilege of being saved into a community mm-hmm. is huge. And so we get to walk alongside of this together. And so it's a privilege just to be a member of the body. And so I guess I would just encourage those who are listening that just remember we're we're in this together and we should be co-laboring to make much of Christ and be a people of, of grace and patience, mm-hmm. bearing one an- with one another with love. <laughs> I know I need that. And uh, I am so grateful for those who, who do that yeah. and love our family well in that. Well, you're all wives and moms. Kids range in from middle school to adults. And then we also have a grandma in the mix. Kimberly would happily tell you oh all about goodness. her sweet grandbabies. Um, and so knowing each of you, I know that each of you serve um, your husband and you serve your kids and your family, but you also serve in your church. Um, and God has given you a specific call and a passion um, to serve him and you serve well. And so I just wanted to give you some time to share. Like, What do you feel the Lord has called you to do? And um, how has that impacted how you serve? I will start with that. I love God's Word. When I came to know the Lord at a young age, I had a pastor that taught the Word clearly, and so I've always had someone in my life that has pointed me back to God's Word. And and so I love being in His Word, and I love to teach His Word. But when I think about what I'm most passionate about, I would say it's seeing other people get excited about God's Word, but also helping our women figure out how the Lord has gifted them and figure out how they can use those gifts in the body. That is what I would say is my greatest passion. That's so needful, too. I mean, as women, we need to be reminded that we are 
a valuable member of the family of God, and we have been entrusted these these gifts that we've been called to steward. So I would just say, um, just my burden is just to challenge other people, but also in my own heart and mind just to remind myself that what God has entrusted to me, I want to steward it faithfully. And it's looked different in different seasons, depending on the ebb and flow of life. Like, for instance, these past few years that have been really challenging and has have caused me to step back in some things, which has been hard, but also good and necessary. But as far as um, calling, my husband and I met working student camp. He was the camp pastor and I was actually the camp director, but um, I served on the worship team. And so I have a burden and a passion for uh, musical worship and leading, you know, the theology leads to doxology. So just coupling that together to lead particularly women, but not limited to, um, into musical worship, making joyful noises, whether or not <laughs> you feel like you have a gift Amen. of music, <laughs> the Lord is worthy of it, and He calls us to make a joyful noise. And so that is, I'm thankful to have had the privilege to do that in my church. That's awesome. I didn't know that's how y'all met. That's yeah. Right. Centrifuge. <laughs> love it. Centrifuge. I love yeah. it. I love it. You have a good uh, pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> good history. Um, I, um, a friend of mine actually said this originally. I joke that people are my hobby <laughs> and I can find a way to kind of dig in wherever. So I think that's, I'm a, I can um, easily get engaged in any spot. So, but I have been in our prayer room over the last, I guess it's been probably two years um, for any anything we have going on, events and Sunday mornings, obviously. And um, we have like a specific prayer team for each hour. And so that has just been, now I was on our first impressions team before and I loved that. That's probably honestly my most, um, again, people are my hobby, first impressions, new people bringing in guests. Those are, I love doing that. And I was forever, um, grateful for the stories that would just get brought to the you know mm-hmm. first impressions tent right like somebody walk up and you next thing you know like you're sitting down on the couch because it they need to have a real conversation <laughs> so anyway I loved that but um, I've been part of a women's Bible study for the last few years um, kind of leading that with a friend and I mean I can never get enough of that I'll do that the rest of my life always women's Bible studies I, I just love it and it, I love doing that because um, you get the time to dig in. It kind of like encourages you in that direction. And other women that you bring in, they learn it, right? Mm-hmm. Just seeing people's eyes awaken to it. And yeah. I mean, I'll they do that. have a lot to learn yeah. and keep learning. And I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. No. So, um, and then specifically since really I've been all throughout our time in ministry, students like that, teens, young adult age is like where my heart is. And so... I used to be in the student ministry, but for the last several years, my kids have been in it, and I'm trying to give them a little space. Yeah. So I really actually miss, miss it, but, you know, they do need some space from us. So That is so um, funny. I did the same thing when they were in student group. I was like, I would love to be a part, probably shouldn't be a part, and right. they appreciate that I was not a part. I think mine, yes. I think they would say it's okay. I think, yeah. actually, I don't, I'm not going to press them because I'm not asking. I'm just going to give them that space for yeah. a little while. Yeah. So, But I am getting ready to go back to, actually, I just got a certification um, in college counseling. And so I like, and I'm, I don't know where the Lord's going to take that because I don't, I see it as like a way to meet a need that people have that yeah. you then can use yeah. to share. I love just the, the fact that, you know, you just acknowledge there's, we have our whole lives before us, whatever, however many days the Lord appoints us that we keep learning yeah. and we should keep growing and honing our craft as Bible study teachers, musicians, counselors. And so that's exciting and a good word to me. Yeah, (laughs) I would say one of the ministries that we haven't mentioned yet is missions. And my husband and I met through the International Mission Board. And so 
This past year, we got to go on the spring break trip with the college kids oh, so cool. and didn't even think about the fact at that point, my all my kids were out of school, but now my youngest one has gone back to school. And so now I'm encroaching on his face a little bit. I would say when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, like we're kind of overlapping now. <laughs> but through that, um, the Lord is renewing my passion uh, for missions, which really mm-hmm. had not dimmed much. But being and then like, discipling the college girls, that has been a new um, avenue of women's ministry mm-hmm. in the last year that has been such a delight. Mm-hmm. Love it. There's so many areas where, but different seasons call for different things. I yeah. think one of you said, and we can't do everything. Right. And we certainly can't do it all at once. So yeah. figuring out where our heart is and being okay with saying no to something else mm-hmm. and not feeling like we have to be the right. one to do especially this as you again. go through ministry with families true yeah. just knowing that some there really are going to be times where your margin is so slim yeah. so slim mm-hmm. yeah and and we need to remember too that it's okay to grieve that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let that go and understand that the Lord is not done with you. Mm-hmm. There's something new, and there's much grace in that. Yeah, And the Lord's not done with that ministry. He's going to raise someone True. else up that would not be able to do it if the pastor's wife is there. Right. Yeah. Because nobody wants to step on our toes about yeah. that. Let her do it. Oh, praise right. God. Yeah. Step on our toes. <laughs> Move us <laughs> out of the word. way. <laughs> there's a word. <laughs> with grace. Yes. yes. I love that. Um, each of you, like as you've shared, that's kind of what you brought to ministry with women here at NC Baptist, Tabitha, and um, Kimberly have been part of our Women's Discipleship um, conference for several years, leading worship, um, leading breakouts, Tabitha's taught. And even as you shared your heart for just helping develop people and their spiritual gifts. And usually when we are having those planning meetings um, and we come to anything, a topic like that, you're always like the first name the team comes up with. And I believe recently you taught a spiritual gifts um, breakout at one of our retreats. It was a retreats. joy. I loved it. Yes. And so it truly is your heart. Um, and it's grateful to see that. Like These are just real people, real women, real families. Um, and, and Kimberly, like worship is just who you are and what you do and with a smile um, through the good and the bad and the hard. And it is a blessing. And truly, I love that Veronica said people are your hobby because she is the true summit um, member because people are the mission is one of the plumb lines <laughs> of our church. Hmm. And you just love people well. Um, you make people feel comfortable. And um, I know the first time I ever met you, we just had this random conversation <laughs> um, about, it was like a mom pro tip. Hey, on Sundays when no one has energy to cook dinner um, and our love our people want to eat, throw some vegetables and fruit and cheese and crackers on a tray, call it charcuterie Sunday, and they feel special <laughs> and you don't have to do anything. And so Snack dinner. <laughs> yep. Pro tip. Um, and we used so, to call that uh, toothpick dinner. Toothpick. But now yes. it's na- charcuterie. Yes. And you really very feel fancy. fancy. Yes, it's That's very fancy. Right. We made our kids feel <laughs> real Um, And so truly, you just make people feel special. And so we're just really grateful for all three of you and your heart for serving the Lord and serving the church and just being real and for people to realize your family's real and you also are all um, real people as well. Well, whether your church is 2,000 or 200 or 20, whatever the size, the mission is the same, and we're all called to be on mission together. Um, how can the church come alongside you and your family, uh, specifically as a family in ministry, and lead and serve you? Um, and then what are some practical ways that we can encourage you and also respect you at the same time? I feel like Providence has done this so well with our family. I feel like almost overwhelmed with how well, they have embraced and loved us through the years. In fact, just today, I was going through, I don't know how many notes that different people from the church have written to our pastors because we're going away for the weekend for a retreat. And so someone took it on 
on their own, they decided, we're going to see if we can get the church to write notes to our pastors. Mm. And she gave me like a ginormous bag of all these notes that I was trying to divide up. And I'm like, we are so blessed. Mm. So I realized that not all churches (laughs) do that. And I realized that all seasons don't look the same. But I would say, if you ever feel like you want to ask your pastor pastor's wife, should I send your, I really enjoyed yeah. that this morning. Should I send your pastor a note or he doesn't really know if you want to send your pastor a note that's positive. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> nobody that says something bad ever ask if they should do that. Oh, so, that's amazing. Yes. That's right. No one ever asks if they should, if it's bad, they just yeah. send it. They feel it's <laughs> so their personal responsibility. You give blanket approval yes. for all things that, and make it positive specific. They say that around the summit church. Well, it can't just be like, that was so great. Because they kind of are like, I don't know what benefited you. You need to make it positive specific. But what were you going to I was going to say, like, you feel like, well, if it's something bad, I should say it because it's to refine. But the Bible says, encourage one another and build each other up. So we are called to say the well, it's called today. good and the right things and the sweet things and the encouraging things. I think along those lines, when you had sent us that question, my first thought was pray for us. Mm-hmm. Pray for us. Because, you know, we're all, I tell my kids, God has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life, mm-hmm. and his desire is to still kill and destroy. And mm-hmm. his desire is to do that within the faith family, but in your pastoral leadership's family, in our ch- children's lives. And um, we we are grateful that greater is He that is in us than He that is in this world. But we we are needful of the prayers of the body. And yes. I love that, mm-hmm. Veronica, that you're participating in the prayer ministry. And I mean, that's that's our first action. Um, we often think it's something to add on, but it really must be foundational to how we love one another mm-hmm. and how we personally persevere is to to go before the Lord and and seek His help and His protection and His guidance and wisdom for His glory and for our good. So pray for us. We, we long for that. And Absolutely. we also are praying for you. And that is such a privilege. Yeah, so true. Um, gosh, you guys, I don't even know if I can add on to it. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think we were joking about the the cards, you know, of, um, write something. Should I write something? I would, that just made me think of sometimes there's an assumption upon us that we're too busy mm-hmm. as uh, ministry leaders or um, p- pastors' wives. Um, and so there can be an assumption, I'm not, I don't want to bother them. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, give us the option to say we're busy or to draw near to whatever it is that yes. you want to do because um, we are we're the same same page in many ways you're you're our sister you're our brother in Christ and we are co-laboring together and so ask mm-hmm. but don't be afraid of a no <laughs> right 100% I would say ask it's always nice to know that you were welcome that you were wanted that you were invited that that you know they were eager for you to be part of something and and then yeah and then yeah. be prepared to be okay with it. It didn't fit the schedule. Right. It didn't fit the whatever. Right. Just, it doesn't you know, mean you are being rejected. Right. 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 It it means that it may just not be the right fit. Time. Right then. Yeah. I think that's so true. I I mean, just this kind of is so dumb, but it's a little bit of an illustration of what you're saying. Um, that sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes JD and I will be somewhere, and we'll you know we'll sit down at whatever the thing is, and you know, like I'm kind of talking about like a like a summit summit church thing. And no one will come sit there because <laughs> I'm quite sure everyone is like, well, someone's sitting there uh-huh. because they just think that. <laughs> yeah. And we were just we're the only ones sitting there by ourselves. 
<laughs> so now we've kind of figured out to ask someone to come sit there. It's totally fine. We are totally capable. Do not feel sad for me. But it's funny because everyone else is chatting up with their friends. So the week after this podcast airs, JD and Veronica are not going to have seats. They're going to have to sit in somebody's lap because there's going to be so many people wanting to right. encourage and bless right. them. Right. I love it. So anyway, but just don't assume that they're they're off, you know. That's great. Don't make assumptions. We all are tempted to do that. And just hear us say, let's let's not be people who do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I asked a couple of just of a random questions kind of at the end. And so y'all just uh, go for it. Um, what advice would you give to a new pastor's wife who's just kind of stepping into ministry? <laughs> My first thought, and, and we do a lot of work with church planners, um, the church planning network through SEND anyways, um, is just to remember your relational priorities. Your most important relationship is you as a disciple of Christ with the Mm -hmm. Lord. That is ultimate first and foremost. And your second priority is with your spouse. So those have to hold um, priority. And then if you have children with them, and then the church. And so there sometimes those can get out of order, and that can cause all sorts of um, disunity and uh, problems for other things. And so the temptation going into ministry for the first time, as if you and your husband are going in, is to church first and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's we need the Lord has to be first in our relationship with Him and trickle everything from there. And don't be afraid to say no. Take your time. I think that's really good. The it's okay to say no. Yeah, because that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just may mean uh, it's not a right now thing. I would say some advice that I would give if you are just going into the ministry and you have really young kids, like everybody's heard the stories about the preacher's kids. They think they're the worst ones. And I just wanted to make sure my kids did not have a bad view of the church. It might be that the church is not treating their dad well. It might be the church is really treating their dad super. But... I would say guard your heart about the way you talk about the church because the church is God's bride. Mm -hmm. And so even in the way, if it's hard or if it's easy, if the days are long or if the days are short or if you wonder if anybody, but when you're around your children, uh, guard the way you talk about your heart and your role because I think our kids see that and they know if you feel like you have to go to church or if you get to go to church, they're listening. And so that would be some advice I would give to someone who is just starting out in the ministry and if they have a family, be careful Mm -hmm. with your words with your kids. Yeah, I think that's really wise, especially um, if if you have young children. If you're going into church planning and you have young children, trying to protect the view of the church is really important and sometimes you have to fight for that. But you know, I think it can be done because I yeah. think the Lord wants that for you and your family. And so I would say fight for that. And um, Summit, it's it was not hard for us. It, they made it easy. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just I don't speak from my experience there. I speak from lots of friends in ministry having to fight for that. So just guarding that carefully and finding ways to make Sunday, um, especially if, you know, whenever you might have services, primarily Sunday usually. We have them on Thursday night as well. But Making so Thursday night, I we do usually pizza for dinner, and then we like have a show that I watch with the kids myself. And mm-hmm. um, Sundays, you know, I try to make that fun. We did, you know, instead of like a healthy breakfast, we did this was a win win because it was easy, <laughs> but they loved it. We would do pop tarts or just donuts, you know, or whatever. And it was just like a fun breakfast, fast, eat something, and get out the door. And 
the sugar crash would be at Sunday school, so it was fine. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're handing them off in half an hour anyway. Here come those pastors, kids. <laughs> That's funny. We would do, I mean, you know, the dollar menu for McDonald's in the earlier days, right? Just making it easy for me so I didn't dread Sunday so much. And then that they, they loved all that. They were eating junk on Sunday. They were happy about it. And then they would crash into nap times when they were younger. And um, so just trying to make, like, whatever is ministry-related – somehow as as good as possible for them if you can find little ways to do that. JD would stock his green room with their favorite candy. Oh yeah. So they could come hang back there and they really loved that. So that's small, you know. Mm-hmm. That we had a closet at Providence. I better not say where it is, lest people go looking for it. <laughs> but the boys we would call it the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because <laughs> it had yep. all of all the, the candy stuff. and the Yeah, sodas. this green room that I'm talking about is like basically a closet. This one, this was at Briar Creek and he would stock that, but that was what it had there stuff. So I think just like really trying to keep their mind associating it with the best stuff if you can. Now, I think if you're a church planning and your kids are older and your kids are believers and your kids are on board with it all and they are part of the ministry, that's when you change your message. That's when it's a suck it up and remember that you are going to be ministering to sinners and show grace because at that point they are old enough to absorb that. Absorb it. Yeah. Especially if they're believers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thinking of family and your kids, what advice would you give for someone that's just navigating a child um, that's struggling with their faith or wrestling with their faith and they need to make it their own, um, but they're deemed the pastor's kid and they're supposed to have it all together and have all the right answers? And um, what advice do you give for that for that parent? Well, I w- the first thing I would say is like when we talk to our kids, they didn't go to church because they were the pastor's kid. They didn't love Jesus because they were the pastor's kid. They love Jesus because Jesus had drawn their hearts to himself. They went to church because they loved the Lord. They didn't have to serve because their dad was a pastor. They served. That was what you do if you're a believer. Now, that's different if your kids haven't come to mm-hmm. saving faith. Mm-hmm. But once they have, it's mm-hmm. they do those things not because they have to, because their dad's the pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to just circle back and recommend Barnabas Piper's book for yes. the pastor's <laughs> kid, just yeah. to um, just to that nuance all of that. Yeah. But as a parent who has children who have walked away, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's a grace and knowing that I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. Tony and I are not in control. The Lord is in control, and the Lord is who saves souls. Mm-hmm. And so we need to remind one another of that and pray for one another and pray for right. our kids who who walk away, who walk away from parents and families and churches that have, I would say, our excuse me, our church, Imago Day, has been just very loving. We we planted the church twelve years mm-hmm. ago. Our kids um, it was their church, all of them. And so that was really special and really sweet for them to have ownership in a way they wouldn't have from our previous churches, which were established churches. But yet, you know, they, they still have made a decision um, to, to step away from that. Um, and so uh, just just don't lose hope. It's easy to want to lose hope because it breaks our hearts. And um, we are currently ministering out of a broken heart right now, but we have full confidence that God is mighty to save. Mm-hmm. He's able to save, and we long for Him to do that. But whatever happens, He is still worthy of our, our worship and our lives. And so um, getting to enter into suffering mm-hmm. allows you to have even 
greater insight to others who are suffering. The God of all comfort comforts us so that we might comfort others. And so we are walking in that and we just wanna remind each other. That's why the body of Christ is so important that when some of us are in the valley or the pit, mm -hmm. that um, others can come alongside and, and remind us and stir us on like we get the privilege of doing as, as church members and as the larger member of the body of Christ. I would say that, I mean, just in case someone was listening and they were had any doubts whatsoever about if it was something that they did or didn't do, those are from the enemy. Um, you know, I'm, if you haven't heard this, God was the perfect parent and his children, many of them do not choose to walk. So mm -hmm. in case mm -hmm. anyone was uncertain, that is not true. Mm -hmm. um, we have had a couple of models in our life that we just marvel at that I think have been helpful to us in certain seasons um, in our with our kids. If you have someone who is, uh, you know, if you're married to a pastor and they're not, obviously they're a leader, that's like some giftings they have. And so leaders are pretty much like able to make things happen. <laughs> they're very competent. And so um, I think that's why the Lord gave us children so that you can be very clear that you are not actually that capable. <laughs> You're not actually that competent. You can't make anything nope. happen. You cannot make anything happen. And you can't make the one thing that actually yeah. matters the most to you happen. Right. And that has been um, a very spiritually growing. Mm -hmm. Is that, can you say it that way? Spiritually growing mm -hmm. um, for us. And so um, unless the Lord builds the house, those mm -hmm. who build it labor in vain. Mm -hmm. And so um, the Lord is the one who has to do the work. And so you, your job is to pray mm -hmm. fast, pray fast, believe, 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 believe. God can do it. Believe God wants to do it. Believe God will do it. And that is your only job. And um, that you can have a relationship um, with that child. Now, sometimes you're not even in control of that. Mm -hmm. So right. that's not even always up to you. Mm -hmm. But insofar as it is, you can actually leave the spiritual, um, the spiritual side to the Lord mm -hmm. after you have labored mm -hmm. for so long, mm -hmm. and you can love that child and be the most loving person in that child's relation in in their life, the most loving person in that child's life, even though they are not walking as a believer. And we've had a couple of people do this, and just watching, it's it's a marvel. It is a marvel. And so anyway, I'm just that's what I would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we could probably say a lot more on that. <laughs> I was just thinking, but for the sake of time. All right, why don't y'all share one of your favorite books or podcasts, um, just some fun that you enjoy to read or listen to? The podcast I know right away because I don't listen to many, but the one that I listen to consistently is Nancy Guthrie's Help Me Teach the Bible. Mm. I don't know I if love I love that one. Okay, talk that away. Mm-hmm. I need to get more on the podcast bandwagon. <laughs> there are I listen so to podcasts many. like folding laundry, walking, like driving. You, what do you guys Good. listen to? Books. And silence. Audio books. Silence. <laughs> I do books too, though. A book that has tremendously ministered to me since COVID, I've read it multiple times, is Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy mm -hmm. by Mark Rogup. Um, it's basically learning how to lament and just how much lamentation lamenting is absent from the western church but it makes up a good portion of the psalms we have examples of lament throughout all of scripture but particularly in the psalms and it's just needful and helpful for us to walk through that process in order it's a, it's basically a practical way of casting our cares upon the lord because he cares for us and walking through this um, turning to him 
complaining about the things that are that are hard and heavy and broken and then asking the things and asking in the name of the one who is able to do more than we could measurably more than we could ask or imagine and then trusting him mm-hmm. and so that has been so, um a repeat book for me over the past few years it's repeat it's really good mm-hmm. um oh gosh where to even start Here's for spiritual. So here, I'll tell you. Okay, so I love Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. That's on Raising Teenagers specifically. Oh. He doesn't um, speak only as a um, Christian, but he is a Christian. So and in, in freely references that like within the podcast, but his name is Dr. Ken. So uh, anyway, he actually, the book is the best. The podcast is, it's named the same thing, Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. Um, if I was going to go just fun, oh, I have. I, love, I don't know. Lazy Genius. Do you know Lazy Genius? I love her podcast. Um, being smart about awesome. the things. The smart about the things that matter so you can be lazy about the things that don't. I like it. Yeah. It is a blessing to do this with you ladies. The other thing that's beautiful is that we all have a role. And do you have a role as a pastor's wife? Um, we all have roles as mothers. Um, but we all have a role in the body of Christ. And as a believer, we all are called to ministry. God's given us all gifts and talents. And um, we're called to steward those well and to be the body together, which is messy at times. Um, we need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. I would say before you send that email to your pastor, you should actually pray for your pastor uh, before you send it um, and send all the encouragement. But we are the body of Christ. And it is a blessing to do this. Um, You all are real and your families are real. And um, it's an honor that you serve um, the churches in our area. But it's also just an honor to um, lock arms with you all and be the body of Christ um, and to minister to women together and to encourage one another in what we do. Um, And we are thankful for you. We're thankful for your husbands. And we're thankful to be on mission together with you all. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy it. Ladies, I want to invite you to an awesome opportunity happening November the 7th in Greensboro. NC Baptist will be hosting our first ever Women in Ministry Lunch and Panel. This panel is going to feature a group of NC Baptist women who represent all aspects of Christian service across the state. You're going to hear from Missy Branch, Janetta Oni, Meredith Snowdy, Donna Navy and Amy Whitfield as they discuss what it means to live out God's unique design for their lives as they're serving in Christian ministry. I promise you, you do not want to miss this opportunity. If you're a woman, you're serving the Lord, which we hope is all of you. You will want to hear this panel. You'll be encouraged. You'll be challenged. So be sure and register at ncbaptist.org women. That's ncbaptist.org women. And do that today because registration closes on October 27th. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org give.